the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, the first incentive of our belief, and the one who brings our faith to maturity." who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Father, we entrust our understanding and comprehension of truth unto you, and believe your spirit to disciple us and to write upon our soul all that you would have us know. Deliver us, Lord, from the distractions of the enemy. May he and all his agents be bound from this place. May your spirit have preeminence in every soul within my voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, these verses were meant to rally faith. Rally the faith of the believer. They speak to those who've allowed our souls to become discouraged. And notice I delineated our souls. Because we don't become discouraged in our spirit. It's sitting up there in union with Christ in the presence of God. Can you get discouraged in the presence of God? I don't think so. But your mind, will, and emotions, which is constantly assaulted by all manner of things, including your own body, can become discouraged and cause our faith to waver. What would inspire an individual to hold on to their faith when they could walk away from the pain, the torture, the difficulty. Folks, that kind of faith. It is a relationship that is step by step living by faith. That is not when our own ingenuity fails us. That is moment by moment living by faith. 
Because faith is an expansion. Faith is only as big as its object, and in this case, the object is Almighty God. And as we expand in our knowing Him, our faith expands with it. Our understanding of the truth of life expands. Before we expanded life strictly by the body. And we tried to protect it. And we're trying to hold on to it. And we are so afraid that it might be threatened. And we want to prosper it. And we want to grow it. And all of those things are going on in our souls. And God comes in and he walks across the troubled water. And he says to us, peace be still. Because you are a spiritual person. And you are eternal. And I am the one who is the keeper of you. I am the one who holds you together. There is no threat that comes against you. Then I cannot speak away, or wish away, or will away with the words of my mouth. You are not vulnerable to this world. You are vulnerable to unbelief. And that is it. Is the Spirit of God in pointing out these heroes of faith? Is the Spirit of God pointing to a reasonable faith? Is he pointing to a logical faith or a nominal faith? Is he? Or is he pointing to a supernatural exemplary faith? Now, why would he do that for the Hebrews? This little congregation, why would he do that? Why would he point to them? I mean, I'd much rather, uh, you know, see the faith of that Joe over there in the corner. I can live up to that one, right? How about you? Who wants to live up to the hall of heroes here? Isn't he aware how weak they are? Isn't he aware of how incompetent they are in faith? Isn't he aware of their individual weaknesses? Perhaps of their physical hindrances or the threats that are coming coming against them? Doesn't he know the vulnerability of the people he's speaking to? Why would he call us to inspire us to the faith of those who had looked down the mouths of lions and stood in the midst of flames? Why would he call us to that kind of faith? Why would he inspire us that way? That was a different crowd. That was a different group. That was a whole different normal. I can't live that way. These Hebrews were just average believers. They can never aspire to the faith of these heroes. That's a lie. We all have the same faith. We have the faith to fulfill all that God has called us to, whether it's the felling of a giant or witnessing to a neighbor. We have the faith that Christ has inspired within us. We have Christ's faith within us. And there is not a single person listed in the word of God who did great and supernatural things that did it apart from that faith. And you have the faith of Noah and you have the faith of Abraham and you have the faith of Moses and you have the faith of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and you have the faith of Daniel and you have the faith of Paul and you have the faith of Peter. All of us have the faith of Christ within us. There is no obstacle to what God wants to do in your life except unbelief. Therefore, now that faith is the way you live supernaturally. Now that you know that faith 
is the supernatural empowerment of who you are in Christ. And you are surrounded with all these great examples of those who threw themselves into the hand of God with total abandon through faith. Therefore, by the way, continuing in that verse, it says, A cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness. Now that word cloud is nephos in the Greek, which is describing a large, dense multitude and throng. That's more than what he's listed, isn't it? So this cloud of witnesses is everyone who has walked in faith. Everyone who has tasted faith and known that God is faithful. That's who's bearing witness. All that have gone before them. This cloud who by faith testified to the truth. Their faith did not create the truth. They are giving testimony to the absolute faithfulness of God. Which is a fact. Not a spectacular miracle that occasionally is displayed here or there. They're giving testimony to the faithfulness of God. When you say aloud, my God cannot fail, you are giving testimony to the faithfulness of God. You are not where you are because you have failed or God has failed you. You are where you are because God has allowed you to come to where you are in order for you to receive a greater revelation of the God who cannot fail. That's right. Not about what's going to happen, not about what has happened, but about the I am who is in you right now. The overcoming, the all-powerful and loving God. It says, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence that race that is set before us. That's where the race metaphor is starting to take shape. And let me ask you a question. What does it mean to run? In the language of this metaphor, what does it mean to run? Well, we have all kinds of things that come to our mind concerning running, right? And what Paul is using to describe it is is the Greek races where uh, these guys trained. And you've heard many sermons along this line. They gave up everything. They, they literally ran with stripped down to nothing in order that they had nothing to interfere with, with their run. But let's talk about what that run is. You feel like you're racing? Are you competing? No. You know what that run is? That run is the Christian life. That's what that run is. And how do we run that run? We live this life by faith. That is how we run the race. Stripping away all the encumbrances. Hebrews 10.38 says, But my righteous one, the one justified by faith, shall live by faith, respecting man's relationship to God and trusting him. And if he draws back, shrinking in fear, my soul has no delight in him. It begins at the new birth. We begin to live by a new source, a new way. We have been created to live or run by faith, just as a bird was created to fly. 
Galatians 2.20, Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ, that is, in him I have shared his crucifixion, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave up for me. I now live by faith. I am empowered to run. I am still in the body, but the body is not me. And I no longer live to the body, trying to find worth and fulfillment in the body. I live as a new creation in the body. And now live by faith in order that the body may become an instrument of righteousness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 16 and 17. It talks about this new life. It talks about who we are now. How we see each other now. So from now on we regard no one from a human point of view according to the worldly standards and values. In other words, you're not getting ahead in this world. I don't care what you got going. You are not getting ahead in this world. The only way the child of God gets ahead is by faith. Though we have known Christ from a human point of view, we no longer know him that way. You have graduated from that. When you became a new creation, you were immediately transferred from seeing Jesus as flesh, from seeing the people around you as flesh. You are a spiritual being. The problem with the whole issue going on in the world today is that people are knowing man according to the flesh. They don't know them the way God knows them. They can't love them the way God loves them. They're at odds with one another because they believe that something has been taken away from them or given to them. And it's all according to the flesh. But what I see sitting before me are children of God, spiritual people. Y'all got different suits on. Some of them need to be pressed. But that is not who you are. Verse 17, which we all know very well. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ. Where are we? In Christ. That is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior. He is a new creature. Reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening begins, brings new life. New things have come. I don't have to look at people the way I did before. New things have come. I don't have to see success and failure the way I used to see it. New things have come. I don't have to live in fear of this world or of man or the things that might come against my body. New things have come. I can live in the abundance that Christ has called me to because I'm empowered by his life. New things have come. Everything that he has commanded me to do in the word of God, every expectation that God himself might have of me has been met in Christ Jesus. New things have come. I am walking in the new, no longer in the old. Because where I become despairing, where I become discouraged, where I begin to lose my ground, is when I throw faith to the wind and look back to this body and say, you must aspire to this. You must become this. You must shape yourself after this. And I can't do it anymore. I have become something greater. New things have come. How are you going to live? 
This race is the Christian life. To be lived out by faith. The run is a struggle of faith. And as long as we are in this body, as long as we are in this world, it is a struggle to live by faith. Did you hear me? You may not have realized it, and that may indicate something to you right there. It is a struggle to live by faith. Well, God ought to do something about that. He did. He made you a new creation so that your choice is very, very simple. The body, the soul, the world, the enemy all wage war against our faith. Therefore, they are attempting to take life from us because when they take faith from us, they take life from us. In other words, we're not living in life anymore. We have relegated ourselves. We have restricted ourselves. We have confined ourselves. We have quarantined ourselves to the flesh. That's not abundant. Every obstacle of our faith, even if it seems restful or pleasant, if it is not the fruit of faith, it is an encumbrance. We are tempted in every moment to turn from faith. It is a struggle that invites us to give up, to secure ourselves, to be self-protecting, to find ourselves slaves to fear. I remind you of the garden, Matthew 26, verses 36 through 38. Then Jesus came with them to the place called Gethsemane, Olive Press. And then he said, he told his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and John, the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, he began to be grieved and greatly distressed. He said to them, my soul is deeply grieved so that I am almost dying of sorrow. Stay here and stay awake. And keep watch with me. Verse 39. And after going a little farther, he fell face down and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, that is, if it is consistent with your will, let this cup pass from me. But here's the declaration. Yet not as I will, but as you will, thy will be done. Listen, your soul is not going to be zippity doo die every time you decide to read the Bible. It's not going to be excited about your determination to live in the awareness of his presence. It's got too many other things that needs its attention from its point of view. It's constantly working with all these different little things that are all vying for its attention. There's the history of your, of your growing up to where you were given all kinds of garments to wear and all kinds of expectations to live to. There's the physical things that come against the body. There's the expectations of the people around you in your job or your work. There are the things that you work towards and work for. There's the future to consider. There's the things around us to consider. There are the people who live with us to consider. And all of these things will conflict in the soul. And it becomes a huge mix master. And we are vexed to the point of death. We are before the Lord and we're saying, I can't handle all of it. And he is only requiring one thing of 
us. Just this one to move back into the center of who we are by faith and say, Thy will be done. You are good and you never fail. I will trust you. I can't figure it all out. I will trust you. I can't be God of my circumstances. I will trust you. I can't make people do what I want them to do. I will trust you. What tomorrow holds. I love that song, by the way. I just live from day to day. I will trust you. That, my friends, is living by faith. It's not being having a soul that's completely content with faith. Because that ain't going to happen. I don't know if anybody got that impression, but it just isn't going to happen. The mind will be distracted. The emotions will be all over the place. No. It's the declaration of the Spirit over the soul that says, No, thy will be done. I will trust you. I'm in your plan. I'm going forward in your will. I am trusting you to carry me. I know that you are all that I need in this life. And you are all I will need in eternity. And I will trust you. This is what we see in the garden as the captain of our faith struggling with his soul. Paul also struggled in the soul. But he answered every discouragement with faith. Speaking of the Christian life, he describes his experience. He says, but we have this precious treasure, the good news about salvation in unworthy earth vessels of human frailty. See his perspective there. So that the grandeur and the surpassing greatness of the power will be shown to be from God. His sufficiency and not from ourselves. We are pressured in every way, hedged in, but not crushed. Perplexed, unsure of finding a way out, but not driven to despair. Hunted down and persecuted, but not deserted to stand alone. Struck down, but never destroyed. Always carrying around in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the resurrection life of Jesus may also, also may be shown in our body. For we who live are constantly experiencing the threat of being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be evidenced in our mortal body, which is subject to death. So physical death is actively at work in us, but spiritual life is actively at work in you. Stripping off every unnecessary weight, the weight of unbelief, the weight of fear. The way of self-centeredness. Stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Run. Run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. Stripping off every unnecessary weight. And that may be encumbrance in your translation. It's the Greek word onkos. It's where we get our word oncology from. This word is referred to in the treatment of tumors. It means a bulk or mass. And the Spirit tells us to strip it off because it's unnecessary. Now what does that tell you? That tells you that you can throw it down. That's what it tells you. That you can throw it down. 
It is not necessary to your life. Much of the counseling I do is about demonstrating to the counselee that they can strip away the thing that has kept them from living life. They can throw it down. You can throw it down because it is only an encumbrance of the flesh, not of who you are spiritually. You must first determine it is better to run than walk or saunter. The life of faith is a dead run. A determined race that you cannot know the fullness of unless you're giving it all. And what does that mean? I mean, we had all of those. Growing up, I'd heard this sermon and there was all these descriptions of this person running as unto death. And they're, they're, they're just absolutely depleted of all their energy. And they're just with their last breath going, trying to go forward and on and on. And it puts it all in a human context. It puts it all in a flesh context, doesn't it? You're immediately discouraged because you know what it is to walk around the block, right? You must first determine it is better to run. Sin, that word is harmatia, which is to step away from truth, to wander off the path. Now, there's a subtle draw, like an undertow, and it's easy to be drawn away. It is actually easier to be drawn away than it is to stay on the path. It's like the expressway in Houston. It is easy to find yourself off course. Now, the Greek indicates a skillful besetting. It indicates a calculated intelligence that draws you away and seeks to entrap you. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road, and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.